0: What's going on guys? My name is Al De Niro, and welcome to episode 1 of season 2 of my 13 Reasons Why season 2 review series that I'm going to be doing. So I just finished watching episode 1. I haven't seen anything before that and i've wrote i've written out some notes and i'm basically going to do this in the exact same format that i did for season one i don't know why i do it this way but basically what i do is recall everything that happened in the episode and then give my overall opinion on it um i don't do it with other things that i review it's only with this show and i think it's because there's something about the writing in this show that i find really interesting and i can't quite put my finger on it but every time i talk through it i find myself becoming more attracted to the show itself does that make sense I hope it does anyway if you're new around here um that's great thanks for being here and if you're old around here leave a like on the video to get us rolling for the new seasons because that would be pretty cool so we begin this episode with um just before I start, actually, the intro to this show, I said it in last season's review, um, the intro is really good, and it's really short as well. I don't know why it even has, like, a skip intro button on Netflix. Um, also, if you tune into season two, there's, like, a two-and-a-half-minute recap of season one, which is really good. It kind of gets you right in the mood to watch it, because you remember all the stuff, and you don't have to go through all the hardship of rewatching watching it, um, which is a real problem with binge-watching TV shows. But anyway... We begin with Tyler's testimony in the parents' case against the school, and um, it's this episode is like lacking Hannah's narration, because obviously we don't have the tapes anymore, and the well of information about Hannah has seemingly been exhausted, so there's no more audio recordings of her voice or anything like that, um, and we have Tyler... Being the narrator, which is a bit weird because he's like a half bad guy, half good guy. Um, And he paints a picture of what's to come in season two by saying life in school now is even worse than it was before Hannah killed herself. Um, While he says all this wild things happen, uh, sometimes it cuts to him just talking, but mostly he's... Uh, dubbing over things that are happening and kind of describing it in that like ethereal Hannah way um, so he says all of this stuff while Clay and his 39 year old emo girlfriend speed across town on a scooter and they're going to get matching tattoos which is adorable But Clay faints before he even gets the full tattoo, which is supposed to be a semicolon, And that's a trend from recent years that's supposed to highlight mental health issues. So it's pretty cool that he's going and getting that. Um, But he faints and it's only a comma, I think, or maybe it's a full stop. Uh, I can't actually remember exactly, but I believe it's a comma. Um, So he and Sky get like, you know, down to business here and he finds cuts on her legs and he's all like well you told me that you'd call me the next time that happened and she's like I know I'm sorry and um it's like kind of an awkward scene and they don't end up doing anything and all we really learn from this is that they're still in a relationship as was kind of well, highly suggested at the end of season one. Um, You're probably meant to feel a little bit of sympathy for Tyler as well, because he's still talking while all this stuff is happening. Um, Definitely not a lot of sympathy, though. Like He is a complex character, and I'm sure we will see a lot of him, but I'm not giving him any of my sympathy just yet. So Clay comes home to find out that the trial starts tomorrow. Uh, It's been moved forward, and he also learns that He wasn't on either witness list, uh, which is really strange. And then we, the audience, learn that Clay's mother has actually withdrawn from the case. Um, Clay gazes out his window and we get the first glimpse of Hannah in this season. A lot of people were like oh, I hope she's not heavily featured because she's dead. But, like, the show is based largely around her, and to not feature her in some capacity would make the entire experience redundant because she is the catalyst for every single plot line that exists in this season, regardless of whether or not she's dead. So we see Alex's dad walking into his seemingly empty bedroom, and this is a kind of a scene that recalls the typical, like, dead child trope. It's probably not called that if you Google it. Um... But there's often a scene in movies where a parent is struggling to cope with the loss of their kid and they go into the bedroom and everything is the way that it was and the parent is unable to move anything because they just can't get any sense of closure or anything like that. So they kind of pretend that the kid is still there. And it's like a really, really sad trope, but the camera pans around to show Alex sitting on his bed and he's sporting a new haircut, which is great for him. Um, But this show is really good at those swerves. Like I thought Alex was not gonna be there. And I really like that about the writing in this show is that I'm wrong a lot. Um, Alex tells his dad that he's going back to school and he acknowledges here that he failed to kill himself. So that kind of closes a loophole from season one. Um, And his dad's tough exterior... Uh, kind of withers away in this scene and he seems compassionate and understanding and he tells Alex he loves him and stuff like that and that's not the impression of him that we got in season 1 so that's pretty cool. Um Jessica and Alex talk on the phone about some plan that they have and we get the first mention of Bryce which is cut off by a scene of Hannah's mother firing a gun at a target in a shooting range. So I assume Nobody needs the symbolism of that <laughs> explained to them. Um, but I expect really big things from Hannah's mother this season. I said it in my review of the trailer, but the fact that she's got a haircut, she's in a new house, um, all of that stuff. And while that's happening, Tyler's narration plays over the scene and he talks about how he feels powerless, which nicely mirrors how Hannah's mother feels. Um, Hannah's mother also has like a brainstorm chart plotting the script of Hannah's tapes. Uh, and she's getting closer to the truth like this is you know the CIA agent that's just episodes away from finding out who the terrorist is or daredevil getting one step closer to the kingpin and, and like that kind of thing so that's pretty cool and there's a nice shot of Tyler walking into the dark room um, in the school which obviously he kind of had the keys to because he was the photographer guy and he always hung his um, what did he have a Polaroid I think he might have had a Polaroid camera. Um, I actually said what camera he has in my trailer review, and I can't fucking remember what it is, but he goes in there, and he's on the phone to his mother as he goes in and says he doesn't want to be afraid anymore, and then he stumbles across the most horror-esque scene in the history of this entire show, Um, and it's on the screen now for anyone wondering, and the red lights color the threatening photos in a real menacing sort of tone and the text reads you ain't seen shit all the photos have like dots on the eyes and stuff like that and this is like something straight out of a horror teen movie from the late 90s like scream and To be honest, I fucking love it, (laughs) but it's really neat because it puts to bed all the suggestions that Tyler was going to be the Polaroid distributor because I didn't want that to be the case. It would have been too obvious, and he is creepy, but I get the sense that there's going to be a lot more from him, Uh, so we'll see how that goes, I guess. But then there's this really weird scene where Alex asks his mom if he left a suicide note. Um, and he did and she says she hands him the note and he looks at it and says, What does it mean that I could have stopped it? And he seems really confused by the meaning of that and there's something really just jarring about this scene from the way that Alex flips out, uh, when his mom is like, Oh yeah, you did leave a note and he's like, Show me the fucking note Um, but then his confusion to recalling something that he apparently did is just really weird and you don't usually get a scene like that in a seemingly like serious show Uh, the courtroom scenes are then played out on the screen and we get a shot of hannah outside the courtroom which is from clay's perspective and he's snuck into the courtroom to see how things are going because obviously he's a very obsessive type and he's always determined to get to the truth and things like that then we cut to alex and jessica walking into school together and learn that the school forbids its students from talking about suicide or alex or hannah so that's weird, and then Bryce and the bro squad of Brain Dead Jock stroll past Alex and Jessica and Zach, who are all kind of hanging out in the hallway, and there's this tension, and it's narrated by Tyler, and he tells the court some vague version of Jessica's story, and while that's playing out, Jessica sits down in the bathroom stall to see this graffiti written about how much of a slut she is, and this shit is fucking insane, like... This school goes to the lengths of forbidding kids from talking about suicide and all that stuff. And in season one, they inspected the bathroom stalls to find, like, this horrifying graffiti that they concluded probably contributed to Hannah's suicide in some way. And then Jessica comes back to school and sees this. So that's very weird. Um, Zach tells Alex that Bryce has control over the narrative in school. And that's why everyone thinks that Jessica's a slut and they all think that she wanted it and all of that stuff. And then in Tyler's courtroom speech, we get our first flashback to the days of Hannah in school, which is very reminiscent of season one. They have that kind of uh, like Serpia filter on the screen to highlight the fact that they're in their younger days and stuff like that. Um, The defense argues that Hannah loved the attention from all the photos and... Uh, This is really just some classic character assassination shit. And then Tyler has this monologue, and it's kind of similar to a post that you would read on the fucking incel subreddit. Like, this guy can't take social cues, and he thinks that he has some kind of right to Hannah's attention because he recognizes her beauty in a way that nobody else does, or something like that. And he's so creepy. And as I said in my review of season one, he has the hallmarks of a school shooter. So I suspect something on that front will develop in this season. Um, He tells the court that he saw Hannah sending suggestive pictures of herself. And then he erupts in this jealous meltdown about how the recipient of those photos didn't deserve them. And it's just seriously class A creepy shit. And then the defense attorney is no better. She basically just buries Hannah's reputation for the court, which um, must be a horrible job for for her to have to do. Um, but I guess Hannah's mother didn't accept the settlement deal so this is what has to happen Um Tyler says there are people who get hurt and there are people who do the hurting and he says this as Clay and Bryce walk past each other in the hallway and I honestly I don't know if it's because like I never mentally graduated to adulthood or whatever but I was so hyped when I saw this um, and I thought the tension delivered by the slow-mo here was awesome and the soundtrack was really fitting and then we see Mr. Porter the worst guidance counsellor in the world, uh, approaching Bryce in the bathroom. And Bryce makes some smart comment and Mr. Porter grabs him by the throat, pushes him against the wall and softly kisses Bryce's forehead and tells him that all will bow to the eyeless God. Nah, just kidding. He threatens him and tells him not to approach Jessica or he will, and I quote, fuck up his life. And this is a cool scene, but it's just Mr. Porter overcompensating for the fact that he made a fatal error in season one, which cost Hannah her life. Then Bryce and his gang of merry morons approach Tyler in the hallway and threaten him just a little bit before Mr. Porter appears and beats Bryce to death with a baseball bat figuratively speaking mr porter also tells tyler that he's going to start some new special program with him which i can't help but feel is just going to isolate him in the long run uh, even though it's an attempt to do the exact opposite of that it's like he's trying to kind of wind him in and set him back on a normal course like correct his course to normality but it's going to do the exact opposite thing i'm sure and then we see the first polaroid which appears to be delivered to to Clay's locker from a guy called Scott, but we don't know that for sure. And the inscription on the back reads, Hannah wasn't the only one. And honestly, I don't know if it's Jeff in the photo with Hannah, but it's Hannah with one of the school jock people. And I should know, and I should have researched it before I did this, but it only just occurred to me that I... Recognized the face, but I didn't even put together who it was so um, that was stupid. Okay, wait This is me from the future. Um, I just realized that it isn't her in the photo. It's somebody else, so That actually paints an entirely different setting of (laughs) what I thought was gonna happen in this season. Anyway, I'm gonna carry on now And then we finally see Tony the 56 year old Walkman enthusiast who reveals that he's gonna testify as well Everybody except for Clay is gonna be up there on that stand talking shit, Uh, and then Tony says, you don't know everything that I did, Clay, which is just fucking classic Tony, like a very important piece of secretive dialogue, that no one else can ever fucking know, Um, but it is good to see the consistency in the writing, because I remember being incredibly frustrated by this guy, in season one, and then we see the baseball coach, or whatever sport it is that they play, giving the kids a lecture about consent, and they don't care, Uh, Tony and Ryan meet up, and they have a secret about Hannah, and that day, uh, Ryan actually hands Tony a piece of paper that has everything that she said about that day. And then Jessica gets invited to be a cheerleader again, which is pretty cool. And Bryce is off his game at the sight of seeing her back in the school. And, uh Tyler visits Alex and he talks quite candidly about his suicide attempt and lack of memory. And it turns out that he can't remember anything from over a month before he shot himself. So that gives some nice context to the whole, like, Mom, did I leave a note thing? Uh, Bryce welcomes Jessica back to the school. And we find out that the new girl, whose name is Chloe... She's like the head cheerleader woman. um, She's Bryce's girlfriend. So that sucks for her. And then there's a lot of commentary in this episode about pictures. Um, Tyler says that pictures have their own secrets. Hannah says that pictures can be twisted and used against you. And later on, Tyler says... Just because you have the picture doesn't mean you have the truth. Um, Then kind of closing out the episode, Clay uh kisses sky but every time he tries to like get into it she turns into hannah and he ruins the mood and to the surprise of nobody he's not over hannah um tyler says unless you were there you don't know what really happened as tony burns a note that says you'll keep my secret you owe me, that's from Hannah, and he also burns the note that Ryan handed him, which is everything that he said about that day, whatever that turns out to be, again, classic Tony, and then the episode ends with, uh, firstly, Jessica's home being defaced by a hanging sex doll with the word slut written across it, um, it's in a noose, and also Hannah actually talks to Clay, the vision of Hannah talks to Clay, so there's a few things to take away from that, um, Firstly, why would anybody threaten Jessica with, like, this thing where, you know, obviously the the doll is hanging and it means, yeah, we're going to hang you because you're a slut. Um, but it's really stupid because her dad is, like, a fucking war veteran and she knows how to use guns and she also has access to guns. So she's definitely not a girl that I would be threatening. On top of that, I kind of don't really think that it's Bryce doing all of that because he knows and is kind of afraid of jessica too because of that scene at the end of season one where she was like hey check out my gun and he was like totally fucking terrified um and then with hannah talking to clay she was like what are you going to do about it about that photo that he found and i really hope that the ghost of hannah doesn't deliver any dialogue like from outside of the world like in um what fucking film was that terrible um uh, dc movie with batman and i think it was the batman versus superman dawn of justice where like batman learns some new information because he gets a he has a dream about the flash or something like that i hope that doesn't happen here like i hope the ghost of hannah doesn't lead clay to the truth because that would be kind of lame but given that this show like constantly surprises me i don't think that'll happen because that would be obvious um so anyway that's the end of like my overall take on the episode. Um, in terms of, like, what I actually thought of it, it it's early days. Um, I enjoyed it. It's back with a bang. It's gone straight into the heavy stuff where season one just kind of led you down a path and it got heavier and heavier as it went, and that was really enjoyable. This season has, like, sort of new elements to it. The The whole horror thing is pretty cool. Like, when uh, Tyler walked into the dark room and when Jessica opened her front door to see the sex doll thing, those were really, like, horror kind of-esque... Um, scenes and that's really cool because i like the mysterious and dark elements of that kind of storyline um i like the way clay is still really struggling and i like the way alex is going to go on this like mad journey of finding out the truth and i also think that hannah's mother olivia is just going to be um sort of like a i don't know just on a quest for revenge and it's going to be really interesting and um, the episode itself it felt a little bit over long i i I don't really like the way the Netflix shows all have different runtimes per episode. And I know why. It's because they're not hindered by ads and they don't have to fill a certain slot. Um, but having like one episode be 45 minutes and one episode be an hour always makes the hour one feel a little bit longer. And they had a lot of like um, setting the direction to do in this episode. And because of that, it just felt a little bit overlong. And uh, I actually couldn't get you the whole thing in one sitting because uh, I just literally didn't have the time. So um, I guess I'd give this like a seven, uh, which is pretty solid for a season two that nobody thought would ever even happen because it does seem like the kind of show that you would only need to give one season to. Um, One of the things that I took away from season one, say before I'd seen the last two episodes, I was thinking to myself, how are they going to make a season two out of this? And they've actually got, like, a lot of stuff to get through. So I think for that reason it's going to be, like, an action-packed season and a lot of stuff is going to happen. So I'm actually quite excited for it. Um, So, yeah, there you go. Overall, like, a solid 7 to a a 7.5 for this. And I'll see you guys for the next episode. Also, I'd really like to know what you guys thought of it and and what you, like, expect for the season coming up and if you've seen the whole thing or whatever. And don't spoil it by telling me that Hannah dies because I don't want to know. All right. (laughs) Peace.